This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm your ambassador to all things Door County, Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen. What's your title, Miles? As of yesterday, it was Emperor is what Dave submitted for the Destination Door County Banquet, and it was actually on the name tag, and I didn't realize it until I had been mingling all night long with a name tag that said Emperor. Emperor Miles Danhausen. Yeah. Uh, I felt like a jerk. Well, we uh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> we have some uh, we have some fun stuff to talk about. We're doing this thing uh, a little bit today, where we're going to talk mostly about stuff that you you may have missed. So instead of giving you a bunch of stuff that you can look forward to, we're going to talk about stuff that happened, and we're just going to kind of reminisce on a lot of it. Eh, that's half of what I do anyway. Right. No, we, we we do have some stuff to talk about that is coming up, so it'll be kind of split half and half. I wanted to start with. Fall Fest, because Fall Fest just happened. And I think there are two types of people in this world. There are people who love to go to Fall Fest, and then there are people who don't want to go to Fall Fest at all, but want to hear all about it. So this episode <laughs> is for those people. Oh, there's that third group that hates Fall Fest. You left them out. I think secretly they want to know what happened. Like, yeah. even if you, quote unquote, hate Fall Fest, you still want to know, like, how many times did the police have to go to Fall Fest? Yeah. Like, you're still speculating. So we're going to talk about Fall Fest because you were there, and uh, there's some cool stuff going on this year. Yeah, I was there a lot and not in the fashion that I used to be. It's kind of interesting now to be 43. And I, my first fall fest were, I mean, other than marching in a very bad eighth grade band in middle school and, and freezing, I remember that distinctly, like trying to play the trumpet while I was freezing. Kudos to the high school kids today because they're tougher than I was. I was like, I was lip syncing the trumpet. Kids today are they're, they're more everything than we were as kids. And I'm less removed than you are, but we, we have a nice gradient of ages between you, me, the youngest people in our office, and then high schoolers. So there's a good gradient of, of right. things. And I'm pretty sure that even if you talk to like the 21-year-olds in our office, they would also be like, oh yeah, high schoolers are completely different <laughs> than I was four years ago. Oh, well, I spent this morning, total segue here, but I spent the morning talking to Justin Burris's third and fourth grade class at Gibraltar about putting together a newspaper. And I'm like, all right, so these kids, they, they don't really type yet. And they, what do they work in? Are they going to write this up on a sheet of paper? He goes, oh no, we're here. They're doing it in Google docs and they're typing. And I'm like, I didn't learn to type until sixth grade on a typewriter. We just transitioned our office to Google Docs like five years ago, and it was a big struggle for some of our staff, and not just our old staff, like some of our young staff. And I was like, wow, I don't know that I could make the grade in elementary school anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, it, like I said, it, the rate at which change happens for the youngest generation is so much more exponential than I feel like it was, even yeah. between you and I. Like, I'm 29 now, and I kind of went to maybe maybe more of a lower income school, definitely a lower income household. So I I feel like I was a generation behind in terms of access to technology and stuff. So like I remember using big giant computers with floppy disks. Like I, I do remember that. Yeah, you probably too. have more experience with that. But then I also, you know, had an iPad in college. So it's like I, I got to experience that whole breadth of technology yeah. all in one thing. But I still thought it was weird how like when I was in high school, we would get this cart of laptops that would come in and we would all take the laptops off and we would do work on them for whatever the assignment was. Then I went to the elementary school and the fifth graders had the same cart, but it was iPads. 
because they were doing, you know, similar but different stuff. And it's like just seeing the technology change that much. Well, and, and my experience was it was a cart, but that cart held one computer and it was about eight foot wide and it had the entire apparatus on it. And it was one massive, I think it was a, a, a Mac, uh, iMac at the time or something or a Mac right. 2E. But yeah, that, that change is big, but I would guess that like your educational experience and mine are pretty similar. And then yeah. I go into the school now, the very same school that I grew up in, and um, I'm looking around going, this is drastically different. I mean, I think, and that happened a lot, like I coached in that same building until 2012, and I think since then there's just been a dramatic change in educational philosophies and technology and, and everything is, it, it's been really rapid over the last 10 years, probably more in the last 10 years than the previous 35 yeah. You think like if a teacher wants to show a movie or a video now, they're probably just doing it off of YouTube or some streaming service right off of their laptop into their projector. Whereas like even I still in middle school, there was one classroom where the teacher was like, hey, I really want to show this episode of Bill Nye the Science Guy, but I only have it on Laserdisc. Yeah. So I, I also got to experience the Laserdisc thing, which I'm sure you saw more of than I ever did. The Laserdisc and the overhead projectors and things like that. And now it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a different world. I walked in there, I'm like, I don't know how to use everything in here. <laughs> right. So all that to say, kids were at Fall Fest. Yeah. Right. So anyway, uh, so yeah, that was my first Fall Fest experience. It was doing it in the middle school marching band. And then I, I think I quit band shortly thereafter. And now then I, I transitioned. My next Fall Fest was 1999 as the owner of Husby's, a bar in Sister Bay, which is a drastically different <laughs> experience of Fall Fest. Basically, barely, I don't, I don't know if I would, I step off the, that block, that corner, that entire 72 to 96 hours of Fall Fest weekend there because you're just, you're just buried in the crowd and working, trying to serve everybody. And then now I experience it in a different way. I have two kids and I still go to Fall Fest and it's still great, but it's a very different experience. I'm, you know, I used to never venture past the bottom of the hill, barely got off the hill. And now I'm walking all over town. We're checking out kids games. We're doing the Ferris wheel. You know, it's just a, it's, it's kind of cool to see how you can enjoy it in so many different ways. And that was kind of the thing I came out of it this weekend. And for the first time I badly drove a float through the parade and emceed the soapbox derby and saw it just a lot more on the early morning side of it. <laughs> yeah. My experience with fall fest has pretty much always been through work, through yeah. doing the pulse. So it's always been either behind a camera or talking to people, usually right away in the middle of the day or right away when it starts for like the soapbox derby. So I haven't seen it past like one or two o'clock. So I don't even know what the nightlife during Fall Fest is or anything yeah. like that. And I also don't have a lot of experience like doing Fall Fest stuff because I'm always like, you know, on the outside looking in, capturing things. So. I've had, you know, a burger at Fall Fest and pumpkin pie in a cup, but I don't have, I don't think I've ever actually experienced Fall Fest as a patron. Hmm. So one of the things that struck me, and I wrote about this going into last weekend, is basically, you know, people complain about Fall Fest. We post a picture on Facebook and it's the crowd. You just immediately see the comments coming up of, there are some that are, God, I'd love to be there. Oh, I wait, I'm missing it this year. And then you have the naysayers who are like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, the people burn it all down kind of thing. And... It just, it amazes me that like, it's the same way we talk about housing when somebody builds a house and they go, oh, but that's not affordable. It's like, well, everything built can't address the need you want. Yes, we need to do that, but that doesn't mean we can't also do this. Same thing with Fall Fest. You can dislike the crowds and just not go. 
you know, people talk about it like it, it hampers everything. You've got to huddle down in your house and that's the only way to survive the weekend is you, you can't venture outside. It's like, actually, like I live one mile outside of town. You could be there and never know Fall Fest was going on, except for when the parade cars with little kids line up in the orchard next to my house. So it's, it's funny, like you just drive around it. It may take you two extra minutes and you might see a few more cars, but you can avoid Fall Fest very easily if you want to. Now, the other thing that hit me is like when, and for the first time I drove a float through the parade and Fuzzy Sunstrom on Monday asked me if I could pull afloat the rhythm chicken on Freddie K's old tractor. And I was like, well, I have never driven a tractor before. What better time to learn how to do that than in a crowd of 10,000 people? Right. <laughs> Through a crowd of 10,000 yes. people. <laughs> and pulling other people on a trailer. That, that seems like the best idea. But I did it badly, but it was quite an experience to do it just to see how many kids are there. When you're going through the parade, you just see how many kids are there smiling and how many people are just having a great time at 11 o'clock in the morning. And well, that wasn't come your experience because you were driving the rhythm chicken. So it was a lot of confused looks <laughs> and there were a lot of confused looks and you know what? Still a lot of kids just smiling at the rhythm chicken because they're like, Hey, that's a rabbit. <laughs> but in any case, you see it from that perspective. And then later I'm on the hill with my kids who fell sound asleep in the middle of the crowd and we're watching the live music. And it's great because there's all these great bands there and people are just dancing, having a good time. It may be a crowd. You may dislike a crowd for whatever reason you might have, but like, it wasn't like a crowd full of insanely inebriated people. It's a bunch of people dancing, enjoying music. Like that's a good thing. In, in my opinion, I like music. I think most people like music. And then you know, Friday night, it's a bunch of kids, you know, you have the creamery tent, you got live music going on, but you also have 30 local kids playing in the mud, <laughs> you know, playing football, hitting balloons, having a good time. And my kid being one of them. And I just think like, there's, that's what I remember as a kid. Like, yeah, there's all these adults doing their thing, but pumpkin patch festival is where I hung out growing up. That was the big festival in egg Harbor. And we just ran around and played football all the time. And we just thought it was great because it was just all the kids were down there and hanging out and parents were occupied. So you could go have fun all over and adventure all over town. And I hope kids are still having a, an experience somewhat like that. But, and then on Sunday, it was a soapbox derby and it was cool because uh, I think one of the mothers came up to me and said like, yeah, this is great. This is like locals day at fall fest. And I thought that was just such a great thing that locals day is actually like this thing that's centered around all these kids. I love the Derby. I think it is the best like revival slash new addition that they could have added because it is all about community and kids and a bunch of local kids being sponsored by businesses and having their parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts helping them build cars. And it, it's really, really cool. What I love about it is I'm sitting there emptying this thing and people think of Fall Fest or any any festival or any crowd in Door County as some sort of greedy money grab, right? Fuzzy Suntrum and Louise Housen worked hard to bring that back last year after years of a hiatus because of a they had some safety issues back in the day. And to walk you through how that morning goes is you get down there about eight in the morning, Fuzzy's down there unloading stuff from a trailer and whatever contraption he's created to get these ramps and cars and the weigh-in materials down on the road. You know, kids start arriving and parents dropping off, bringing their cars in to weigh them in. And then Steve Calms, local farmer, comes down with a, a big wagon full of straw bales and goes right down to the center of the road. And you get parks departments and parents and just random people coming and helping unload these straw bales to create like the course down the middle of the road. And then I'm looking around and here's 
Cole Sequest from Sequest Orchard, Ivan Bridenhagen from Bridenhagen Tree and Landscape. You got Fuzzy there. You got Louise there. You got all these people from local businesses. Andy Warfel. I could go down the list. The Bonoviches helping get these cars out, helping get everybody organized. So it really is just like this community family event to pull this off and just do something cool for the kids. And it's a lot of the same people who are pulling floats through it. And that's a side of Fall Fest that I know that a lot of the people that just see the crowd and shudder at it, like there's so much else going on. There's, you know, the arts and crafts fair isn't my bag, but a ton of people love that. And it's really important for those people who have booths at that fair. You know, you got the Lions Club is right in the center of town, probably one of their biggest fundraisers of the year. You have their, both their fish boil and then their broad fry and stuff. So there are so many different aspects of it that I guess sometimes I feel like people don't realize. And I know that, you know, have the former business owner, that weekend covers the fact that you're in the red for most of the next four months. Yeah, you, you mentioned the nonprofits, and we talked to a bunch of them last year at Fall Fest, and they all basically said this is either our largest fundraiser of the year or it's our only fundraiser of the yeah. year, and it funds our entire operation th- for the next year. So it it is a moneymaker, but it, like where that money is going is important too. The fact that all these nonprofits get the majority of their operating budgets or all of their operating budgets for the next year, just from fall fest is really cool. Yeah. And it, you know, I just, I just love the community aspect of things like that. And you know, like everything can't be for everybody, right? Like I, I love the, like going to the theater a couple times a year. I really respect what it is, but it's not like my passion. Why are you attacking me? Why are you attacking <laughs> but, me specifically? But, but that's okay. It doesn't have just because, so that doesn't mean like we shouldn't have theater or that they shouldn't have as many nights as they do or whatever, or that people shouldn't go it just means it's not my number one thing, you know, or, you know, because maybe a retail store doesn't have their best day at fall fest doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Another time might be great for retail and not as good for a restaurant or a bar or, or those nonprofits. And I think we get caught up in that of, of what things aren't instead of celebrating what they are. And, you know, yes, Fall Fest has gotten bigger and there's more crowds up, up here. I mean, I don't know how much bigger it is than it used to be because you look at all those old pictures. We looked at all those. I mean, it was, it's always been big. Yeah. But what has been added in the last couple of years to it? A soapbox derby, a Ferris wheel, a fireworks display, like a lot of things that are, are pretty good for a lot of different people to broaden the scope of it. And I, I just love that. I think like probably Belgian days has a similar feel in terms of like the local community coming together to put something like that on or the Belgian Kermit's down in Southern door. And that's where I think the best festival are those that still have kind of that local mindset at the heart of it. I'm not what? sitting here just a uh, fluff up all fest, but I, I just thought it was really poignant to just to see like how many people come together to, to do some cool stuff for other people and their neighbors and, and visitors. Yeah. And I'll say too, like you're probably listening to this and being like, Oh, they're just, they love fall fest or they're being paid to talk about fall fest. I totally get the, it's super crowded. It's not my thing because if, if I just went on Saturday, I probably wouldn't appreciate fall fest as much. I mean, I know the thing about the nonprofits, which does make me appreciate it. But if I just went to experience Friday, take it or leave it. Yeah. But experiencing Sunday and the Fall Fest Derby last year, I really, really enjoyed that for all of the reasons we've been talking about, that sense of community, the kids, all of that I thought was really, really awesome. So I, I don't want anybody to think that you and I are just talking about Fall Fest just to fluff it up. Like you said, I I genuinely really, really enjoy that that community getting together. And speak, this is the last thing that I want to say before we take our break, but uh, the Derby ended in a tie this year. <laughs> yeah. And you guys tried to get somebody to win, but couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there at the top of the hill doing the announcements for this thing. 
and we get down, we get to the tie, and we're like, all right, we'll do another run. And I, I thought Dick Burris, who was the guy determining who won, I thought he was messing with us and just trying to like be nice and have him good again and stuff. And here we are, we're all getting pretty cold because it was rainy and wet that morning. And sure enough, you're watching all these kids like trying to influence the judge down at the bottom of the hill, and it's a like I can't see whether or not they won. And sure enough, when I lost the the photo that, that we have in the paper this week, it. It was a tie. <laughs> it was a photo finish. Yeah, three how, straight times. How many times did they go down? Uh, I think they actually, for the final heat, they went down twice, and both times ended up in a tie. It was pretty remarkable that it ended up that way. And it was the two kids, Eric Wolf and Levi Sequist, were just such good sports about it, and so nice to each other. And all the kids, like, rooting for each other and cheering for each other. And you saw it last year when you were there. But it's just, it's really cool to see kind of the best in these kids on that day. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that my wife was reading about it, and she was like, did you hear that the derby ended in a tie? And I was like, what derby are you talking about? And then I realized, oh, the Fall Fest derby. <laughs> so I thought that that was my my favorite story of the weekend. Next year, I'll, I'll lobby Fuzzy to try and bring back the four-foot ramps and do it farther up the hill, but I don't think I'm going to win that. <laughs> the kids might like it, but right, might not be safe. One last thing I want to talk about, just we should take a break, but I want to split this up into stuff that happened and then stuff that is going to happen. Okay. One last thing I want to talk about, Northern Door Pride had a uh, like an improv night, you know, we're talking about community and all this oh, yeah. kind of stuff, and there were a bunch of people in the community who came together to put on like an improv show, right? And you were able to go to that. Tell me about it. Yeah, Northern Door Pride, Owen Alabado and Matt Stone and Abby Dubler, Hope Bogenshoots, Brandon Bogenshoots. Anyway, they there six actors came together and did this improv show. They called themselves the Doorknobs, and they did that Peach Barn Brewing, and they thought, okay, we'll get a few people out here, and we'll kind of mess around on stage and do this thing. And the place was overflowing with people. Like To see so many people come out to watch these guys and take in this improv show was pretty remarkable. They didn't even come set up with, like, microphones or anything. And so we all... They started to start the show by saying, all right, everybody, we weren't anticipating this, so try and be quiet so you can hear us because we weren't planning on like having to project amongst right. this packed house. What kind of venue does Peach Barn have? So they they have the outdoor beer garden, but it was pretty cold that night, so they did it inside, and they got a little stage set up in the corner, in the corner of their big tap room and brewery. Nice. Yeah, I didn't. I've I've never been inside. I've been to their beer garden, but sure. they hadn't actually opened the inside yet when I yeah. first went down there. But that's cool. I love that kind of like really small stage kind of feeling, especially when you get it packed like that. It reminds me of um, like live music at the brewing company, uh, yeah. like for their Halloween party when you'd have it basically overflowing right. and you'd have live music in the in the corner. And so that kind of more intimate feel is really cool. And if if you've ever been to Second City. You know, it's kind of a small town version of what they would do at a show like that, where you kind of have these, you'd know this better description than I would, but like these kind of theater games that you do the improv based around. And to have gone to Second City when I was living in Chicago and then to be at home and on a random, I think it was a Tuesday night, to have this in my hometown, A, if I think back like 10, 15 years ago, it would have been a big deal to have a brewery. It would have been a big deal if somebody had a beer garden. It would have been shocking if somebody had an improv show going on. And also talking to have a, a pride organization be the one that would do anything like that and people would come out to in Sister Bay. And here we are, you know, 10, 15 years later, pick whatever milestone time, and all four of those things happen on the same night in the same place and bring out a ton of community members. And yeah, it was just, for me, it's just like one of those things that makes you just proud of your community as we evolve and grow and, you know, Again, going back to the development thing, there are a, a ton of bad things about it. There's a ton of things we can all complain about. But part of that is having this, you know, it's, it's attracting 
some really cool stuff to our area. Right. Okay, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff that people can do and can look forward to in the coming weeks ahead. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Some of Door County's best stargazing happens indoors. Every year at Door Community Auditorium, we present a star-studded lineup of concerts featuring artists like Brandy Carlisle, The Lumineers, Jason Isbell, Mavis Staples, Billy Strings, Beach Boys, and Buddy Guy. You're now listening to Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives returning to our stage in Fish Creek, October 22nd. Visit dcauditorium.org for a full calendar of upcoming events and to get your tickets today. Okay, we are back. I think the most important upcoming event that we should talk about is uh, the one that people have been waiting for for a long time. Tomorrow, as we're recording this on Wednesday, tomorrow, October 20th, is Quick Trip Day. <laughs> are you as excited about the Quick Trip opening as I am? I'm, I'm, it's bigger than Fall Fest, really. I, yeah, I'm super excited. Okay, so I didn't grow up in Wisconsin, had no connection to Quick Trip until a couple of years ago. And uh, I have been converted completely into the quick trip lifestyle. See, on the flip side, I don't care. <laughs> How can you, okay. Because I, I stopped at a couple of gas stations. We don't, we've never had a quick trip up here. I've been to them and I'm like, am I missing something? I mean, it's a big gas station. All right. When Quick Trick opens tomorrow at five in the morning, I will see you there. And you and I can go through what makes Quick Trip so appealing. And it's really easy. I can convert you right away. All you have to do is get a roller dog and you will be... 100% on board. Would that be the same hot dog mechanism as um, every other gas station? No, because a roller dog is basically a breaded chicken patty with cheese in it in the shape of a brat that you put on a hot dog bun. Oh, man. I don't even know what to think about this. <laughs> yeah. I will. We'll, we'll go down to Quick Trip tomorrow, and I will convert you immediately with the roller dogs. They were the first thing I ever had a Quick Trip, and I was like, hey, I get it. I completely get it. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow at 5 a.m. I will be there for the roller dog. And that I did drive by it yesterday when I was in Sturgeon Bay and it is, it's like a campus down there. Yep. That's kind of their thing. They, when, when it was being built, you might've been confused why it was set so far back. It's because, well, all of it's going to be quick trip. Yeah. It's pretty stunning. All right. So I will, I'll see the rest of you guys there. Uh, is there gas see. better than other gas? I don't care about the gas. I've never gotten gas <laughs> at quick trip. I just go in for the roller dogs. <laughs> They have good food. Their food is good. The ones I've been to, it's just like, okay, you have like a, an entire like aisle and display area of prepackaged donuts. Like, is that what the great food is? <laughs> Their donuts are really good, but all of the other stuff is good too. They have things called tornadoes, which are like big taquitos. Big taquito was my nickname in college, by the way. Um, <laughs> they have like burgers and mac and cheese bites. They, uh, they have a whole se selection of hot food. So this is where... Like you go to get like garden fresh produce and eat healthy, right? Nope. Opposite <laughs> of that. So 
if if that sounds like your cup of tea, I'll see you there tomorrow. Yeah. Well, do we need a every, man on the street? Like this goes back tomorrow? to my point. Everything's not for everybody, right? Like you love it, and that is good. You are gonna love it too. <laughs> Trust me. It's so easy to get people down with Quick Trip. You just give them a roller dog. <laughs> All right, so some other stuff that's going up. We are sending the paper out today, and inside of it is a bunch of really great information for both like Halloween parties, community trick-or-treats, the Ellison Bay art crawl. Like, There's a lot of stuff going on this week and next. Yeah, I mean, up in Ellison Bay, there's, uh, we got some great photos in there from Brett Kosmiter. Got a great art map from our former art designer, Ryan Miller, that will be in our art and lit section this week, kind of bounce around hit meet all the artists of the kind of that northern door artist community a lot of it which really dates back to the 70s which is pretty mm -hmm. cool and there's a good number of galleries up there in ellison Bay yeah. too like enough for an art crawl you wouldn't think but there there's plenty yeah i mean doing my paper route back when i would do the friday mornings in ellison bay and hit all those kind of it's a different kind of route because you can do sister bay and it's just like one business after another and then you do ellison bay and all right, I'm driving 10 minutes out to Newport State Park and dropping off a few papers, and I'm hitting Uncle Tom's, and then I'm going to hit Larry and Judy's place, and you, you just have uh, a Turtle Ridge out on Mink River Road. It, the neat thing about some of those galleries, you're just out in nature, too, so you got to go hunt for them a little bit, which right. is kind of fun. The, the Halloween calendar, like, Door County is one of those places where you can't just celebrate a holiday on the holiday. Like, we split Fourth of July up over two weeks, Sometimes Halloween is very similar. Like yeah. you might think, oh, how many parties are there going to be on the 31st? Well, a lot of them are happening like on the 23rd and next week. And, you know, there's well, and for probably kids, a dozen. For kids, it's different than the city where you might go, oh, it's it's Halloween. We go trick-or-treating. No, up here. We split it all up by community. So you can hit Egg Harbor. And then the next day you can hit <laughs> Sister Bay. And the next day you can hit Ellison Bay. And you can just load up on candy. Right. We, we have a full calendar of a bunch of different stuff that's happening all and does any of it kick off this weekend? I think it's yeah, all they kind of start with like haunted hikes and like the Ridgers is doing some stuff. Fish Creek's going to have a jack o' lantern days the following weekend. But we tried to get this all out this week so people can make a plan and and get the and like as I've realized and you've probably realized my approach to putting the paper has changed with fatherhood a little bit. In that you know how much you need to plan and how you need to get ideas and find ways to do some stuff with your kids and do some like get out and do the things you want in your life and also incorporate and find the things that incorporate what you love with what the kids will possibly be able to pull off. <laughs> right. I, I think there's two levels of transition here. There's before parenthood, it's just all about what you want to do. Then the early transition of parenthood is, okay, how can I do stuff that I want to do, but incorporate my kids in it? And then the later stages of parenthood are, how can I do the stuff that my kids want to do and in, like be a part of it? And have mm. fun with it, right? So, like, I'm excited for... Or there's maybe a stage where you're like, oh, I don't have a choice. I don't matter. <laughs> sure. But I'm excited for, as my kids get older, them having real interests mm. and being able to do the things that they like to do with them rather than just, like, taking them to a park or taking them to a party. Like, they will want to do things. They will want to go see movies. They will want to watch certain things. Or... They won't want to do those with you, Andrew. Well, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty cool. I've got 15, 14 nieces and no, 13 nieces and nephews. Then I got my own two kids. And yeah, there's a stage there about eighth grade where I went from being like, oh, cool, uncle, I want to do stuff with you to like, get out of here, uncle. And then right around ni like 19, they start to care about you again. The nice thing is I'm fairly childish in my, my likes and interests anyway. 
So I think that I might, I'll just be able to kind of ride that line too. (laughs) Because when they're like, man, dad, I'm really into cartoons. I'll be like, yeah, let me show you some really, I almost (laughs) just sweared on the podcast. (laughs) Rachel, you can, you can bleep that out. I'll show you some real, some real good cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but yeah, I, th- I think that that's kind of the, the transition is right now. It's like, okay, here are things that I want to do, but what are some fun kid stuff that I can do with them too? And then eventually it'll be like, all right, now to ju- now we're just doing kid stuff. Well, you know, what I've realized with the, like, you know, as we talk about putting the Halloween stuff and, and finding these things for kids is for years, especially when I started at the Pulse doing the events calendar, I was thinking of it in terms of, okay, what are my service industry friends looking for? How do, and we still, that's still a thing that's in my mindset of like, all right, what's a, what's something that makes a bartender want to flip through the pulse while they're sitting there on a slow Tuesday or something? Or if if a crowd comes in like, hey, here, look at this, or the person at the coffee shop. But I also now have this other appreciation for like this whole other world of parents. And so I apologize for doing a disservice to all your parents for so many years, but it is, you probably see more of that trickle in just because we have more parents in this office. The Pulse started as a bunch of single 20, early 20 somethings, basically putting it together for several years. But yeah, the paper's growing up as we grow up, I guess. Yeah. Now we're all old. <laughs> I say as except for Rachel. 29. Yeah. Rachel's still, she's young. And Sam now we have a couple of young people. Yep. It is, it is weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm still considering myself young for one more year. Well, in most of the stuff I cover, I can still call myself young, sadly. That's true. You do end up being the youngest person in the room at <laughs> most you of know, the time. 47. Yeah. So. <laughs> is there anything else that we, should, uh, that we should talk about, Miles, before we wrap up? I think we covered a lot of really good stuff. I think we got enough. We got to save something for a future podcast. Yeah. And there will be, there, there's a couple more podcasts coming out this week too, for people who want to hear more new stuff. But I figured this one would just be a fun way to kind of talk about some stuff that have happened and stuff that's coming up and get people geared up oh, for the weekend. You know, one thing we should mention is if you're coming up here and you're driving around and you just see a bunch of people kind of stumbling down the road, that's not like a Halloween thing. That's the fall 50. So depending on where you run into them on Saturday, they might be doing a very slow zombie-like crawl, and then some of those insane athletes are just cruising along at a six-mile-an-hour pace for 50 or six-minute-per-mile pace for 50 miles, which is pretty awesome to see right. happen as well. But there will be some stretches where you'll see some traffic backups and stuff where they have their exchange points, but those runners are going from the Shoreline Resort on the northern tip of the county to Surgeon Bay down to Sunset Park. Costumes are encouraged for the Fall 50, right? Yes. Okay, so here's a question for you. you got to follow me on this, and if you don't get the reference, then I don't know how I'm going to turn it back around. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon in the 80s and 90s? I did not. I don't even know if it exists. 80s and 90s, the X-Men cartoon. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't part of the Saturday morning slate that I was exposed to, and if it wasn't part of that, we didn't have... Which was what? Howdy Doody and Bozo the Clown? I mean, we (laughs) didn't have cable, so there was not a Nickelodeon or... Any other option? I don't think X Men was on Nickelodeon. I was still X-Men watching was on Fox. I was still watching the Jetsons and the Flintstones in my youth. That's, so was so was I, but for different reasons. Because I was watching them because it was the only thing on that and GI Joe. Yeah, and I was then the Brady Bunch came on, and that always disappointed me because I was like, I want more cartoons. Right. So in I think like 1992, Cartoon Network was created and for like the first year and a half of they didn't have any original programming so it was just all Hanna-Barbera cartoons so it was all like Yogi Bear, Flintstones, Jetsons, 
Huckleberry, Hound Dog, all of that, which is the stuff my dad grew up watching. So he was ecstatic to be like, there's a whole channel of the stuff I watched as a kid and my kid's going to watch it. So it's weird how I could go into a whole thing about Space Jam and why why Space Jam is is so weird for that like nostalgia thing as well, but I'll save it for another podcast. (laughs) Anyway, about the Fall 50. So if costumes are encouraged, is there anything in the rules about me like my costume has like a, a wheelchair as part of it, like a motorized wheelchair? You know, I don't think that's ever come up, but I would guess that the answer is that's not allowed. <laughs> okay. Well, for people who know what the X-Men is, I was going to say, if I dressed up like Professor X in his hover chair <laughs> and it was motorized, would I be disqualified? Well, it depends. If you did it in part of a wheelchair division, which I don't know if they even have. It's never come up. All right. Well, I'll see you out there, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for chatting with me, and uh, I will see you again when I'm cheating at the full <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.